All right, Exodus chapter 15. Now that was some pretty intense stuff that we saw last week here in Exodus. That's a that's a remarkable story, and that was that was fun for me just to get to read through that and preach that. That's a that's just a remarkable uh, thing to, to to think about. But we are uh, moving on to see tonight what the response of the Israelites would be, and indeed it was the perfect response. It's really the only response that that, that they could have or, or we could have when we experience the power of God, and that is praise. Uh, that, that same type of praise uh, is going to come uh, when Jesus Christ comes, when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. When we see the glory and the power of God in its fullness, there is nothing else that we can do other than praise the Lord. But it's better for us to praise the Lord now on bended knee by our choice than when the day comes that we don't have a choice and we realize, oh dear, God is real. God is powerful and all of God's glory is before us. And there's coming a day when there are many who have had the opportunity on this earth to accept Jesus Christ and they've neglected to do that. They've rejected him. There's coming a day when they will bow and confess and praise him. And we want to be those who have already made that choice and look forward to that day and it does not catch us by surprise. That's extra. That wasn't, that wasn't part of this. That just, that just happened. All right. Uh, so Israel's response here was the proper response. When you see God in all of his glory and all of his power, we are to praise him. So we're going to pray, and then we'll just kind of go through these texts. Father God, we come to you tonight, and I pray that you help my mind not to be distracted and worried about uh, football or anything else, but just to take these few minutes and to think about your words, dear Lord, and let us just see uh, that, that, that attitude that the Israelites have, dear Lord, just and, and remember what just happened, what they just saw to, to have this, this wonderful rejoicing, God, and help us to reflect back at our life. And God, maybe we haven't seen a, a sea part, but God, we, we have, if you are our Lord and Savior, we've seen our sins be washed away and cast as far as the east is to the west, God. We've seen you work and do things in our lives and in our church, so God, we have plenty of reasons to rejoice. We're here tonight, and we have food and water and, and clothes and houses to live in, dear Lord. And so that's, that's worthy of praise. So help us to follow the example of the Israelites in our lives, God, and just uh, give you the praise that you deserve. In Jesus' name I ask it. Amen. 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 There's not much that I, at least I say that, I'll, I'll still preach for half an hour, but I, as I looked at these verses this week, I said, boy, there's certainly not really much that can be said. The Israelites just, they kind of explain everything that goes on, so we're just going to read through these verses, and I probably won't comment too much, but we'll see. Exodus 15, verse 1. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. They said, I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. He has thrown the horse and its rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. Yahweh is his name. Boy, now this got the attention of the Israelites, did it not? They were still kind of 
all crying, oh, what are we going to do, Moses? Here comes the Israelites. But now what they're saying, they're saying, this is my God. This God, this is my God. He's a warrior. Look at what he just did. He just fought for me. The horses, the chariots, the Egyptians, all of them, he just did away with them. This God, this is my God. That's who he is. Uh, the doubt was gone at this point because they have just experienced God in a mighty way. Verse 4, he threw Pharaoh's chariots and his army into the sea. The elite of his officers were drowned. Interesting that it points out the elite. The best of the best that Pharaoh had to have, his elite could not stand up to the power of Israel's God and of our God. They were drowned in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Lord, your right hand is glorious in power. Lord, your right hand shattered the enemy. You overthrew your adversaries by your great majesty. You unleashed your burning wrath, and it consumed them like stubble. The waters heaped up at the blast of your nostrils. The currents stood firm like a dam. The watery depth congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My desire will be gratified at their expense. I will draw my sword, my hand will destroy them. Now here we see that same pride that we have seen all throughout the book of Exodus and even the Israelites are, are just repeating what has already taken place in the chapters that we've seen before and in the events that we saw in the Red Sea. Uh, the Egyptians had this idea of pride. We will go in with a mighty hand and we will show the Israelites who's boss and we will come out victorious. But that's not what happened. And the Israelites are praising God because God was able to stand up to the best, strongest attacks of the Egyptians. In verse 10, God's response to their pride, but you blew with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. They sank like lead. God does not play around when he pours out his wrath. When God comes to the aid of his children, you better believe that God is going to take care of things in the right way. I don't know if you've ever seen lead sink before, but it sinks really fast. If you've ever had a, a lead brick before, it will sink super quick. I remember we were at, uh, at Percy Quinn a couple years ago, and one of the kids at camp found a, a big, I think it was a lead brick in the bottom of Percy Quinn, and that thing was super heavy. And, and the Israelites say here that when God brought his wrath down on the Egyptians, that they sank to the bottom of the Red Sea like a block of lead. Verse 11, Lord, who is like you among the gods? Who is like you in holiness, revered with praises, performing wonders. You stretched out your right hand and the earth swallowed them. You will lead the people you have redeemed with your faithful love. You will guide them to your holy dwelling with your strength. As to before, they weren't quite sure. They were scared. And now, uh, not only are they trusting in the Lord, but they're already kind of looking to the future here in this song. They're looking to the fact that, hey, God, you're going to keep leading us with your strength. You're going to get us exactly where you want us to go. You're going to get us to the promised land. And they were looking forward to, hey, this God is, is the real deal. This isn't like all these other false gods in the land that the Egyptians worship. But our God is a God who not only just delivered us and redeemed us, saved us from the enemy, but our God is a God who will continue to go before us and go with us and guide us to the spot where he wants us to be. Verse 14, when the peoples hear, they will shudder. Anguish will seize the inhabitants of Philistia. 
Now, that's interesting that they mention Philistia here because we've talked about the Philistines. Uh, that's why God didn't send them along the easiest route because that was the land of the Philistines. And God said if they go this way and they are faced with war by the Philistines, who would have been a pretty strong group, God said they will turn back. And that's why God had sent them in the other direction so they wouldn't have to face the people of Philistia. And here they say, when the people's here, they will shudder. Anguish will seize the inhabitants of Philistia. They're saying even our enemies, once they hear what just happened here with the sea being parted and God destroying the enemies and delivering us on dry ground, when they hear that, they are going to shake with fear when they realize that our God is in control. Verse 15 then the chiefs of Edom will be terrified. Trembling will seize the leaders of Moab, and the inhabitants of Canaan will panic. Now all of these places that they listed here are all places. I was going to bring them back just so you could get a visual aid, but they are all places right there along where the Israelites would have come right before they went into the promised land. All these different places, and then Canaan is kind of really right where the promised land is. Uh, and then uh, they mention uh, Moab, they mention Edom. Those things are kind of uh, over to the east. Uh, exactly the path that they would have traveled before they crossed the Jordan River. And they are saying, look, all of you people watch out because all these people are going to hear. All these people are going to know that when our God brings us through there, they better look out. In verse 16, And terror and dread will fall on them. They will be as still as a stone because of your powerful arm until your people pass by. Lord, until the people whom you purchased pass by. So they're already looking to the future. They're already looking to the days where they're going to march up into that land that God has promised them and everybody else is going to be on guard because really, what else can you say and do when you've just heard of the events that took place? I don't know how long it would have taken uh, the, the news of the Red Sea parting to, to make it up to Canaan, to make it up to Philistia, to make it to Moab, to make it to Edom. They didn't have Facebook, but I would venture to say that the news of what the Lord had done probably spread pretty quick after all this is a once in a lifetime event and the people of that area would have known what had taken place verse 17 you will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your possession lord you have prepared the place for your dwelling lord your hands have established the sanctuary the lord will reign forever and ever when Pharaoh's horses with his chariots and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them, but the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. And that's good stuff. And the Israelites had the proper response there. They just kind of summed up everything that took place all the while praising the Lord because one, God had delivered them from their situation. Two, God was taking them to a land flowing with milk and honey. And three, God had destroyed the enemy who was oppressing them. And the same God that delivered his people then is the same God who wants to deliver us now. The same God that delivered his people then is the same God that wants to free us from whatever may be oppressing us. Perhaps it's sin. Perhaps it's somebody that's giving us a hard time. But let us be faithful to go before the Lord and pray and say, God, help me to get through this. God, help me to be free of this sin that so easily ensnares. God, help me to be delivered from my situation. God, be my salvation. And whatever it may be that lies in front of you, continue to seek the Lord and have faith and trust in Him. And even though sometimes we may be like the Israelites and we may begin to doubt, we need to say, Lord, 
I believe, but help my unbelief. That's one of my favorite scriptures. We just read that in our, in our readings this week in Mark. Some of you probably remember reading that. Uh, the man said, uh, he asked Jesus, if you can do it. And Jesus said, if I can do it, uh, if you believe, all things are possible. And, Jesus, and the guy said, I believe, but help my unbelief. And I think that that's true for a lot of us as Christians. There's a, a belief there. We know God can do it. But sometimes there's that little glimpse of unbelief. And the Israelites, they knew God could do it. They had seen God do lots of things, but there was that glimpse of unbelief. But then when God finally came through and delivered them, there was praise that rang out from their mouths. And when God delivers us, or when we reflect and see how God has delivered us from our sin or from our past situations, we need to praise the Lord and say, that's my God. Look at what my God did. He is in control, and everybody else better be on guard because my God is with me wherever I go. Let's pray. God, I thank you for these words today, and I pray that you help them just not be empty, dear Lord, to us. God, I, I get that in my heart. I know that that's true, but sometimes I still have trouble praising you and just finding, uh, uh, finding good and bad situations or hard situations. So, God, I pray that you would help me not to do that. I pray that you would help me just to, to see what you have delivered me from, dear Lord. At the very least, you've delivered me from my sins, and that's saying a lot, God. And, and there are tons of situations, God, you've delivered me from or delivered us from. So help us not to to have this message and this idea of, of praising you for redemption and deliverance fall on deaf ears, dear Lord. But help us just to rejoice tonight. In our heart, maybe, God, uh, there are some that just need to lift something up to you. Maybe there's praise that needs to be lifted up, God. I pray that that, that praise would be lifted up, dear Lord. We believe, but help our unbelief. God, help us to be those who rejoice in you and, 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 and put the rest of the world on guard as we go out there and, and, and let the world know that you are with us and you are our God and let the world know what you've done in our life and what you've done in the lives of so many in the text, dear Lord, whether it's parting the Red Sea or healing us from sickness or freeing us from our sin, whatever it is, dear Lord, let us be willing to go out and share with the world and tell them, this is my God and this is what he's done, dear Lord, and let us go uh, out willingly to tell people about Jesus so that they can experience the grace and love and forgiveness that we have experienced. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen.